This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 567 Can a comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. A diverse celebration. Clark makes a friend. Ollie's bow is locked down. It's the last ride for the league. Starro versus Oa. Yara's trip to Brazil. Does Damien have plans to defeat John? And the lightning round. This is how I got my wife free comics for Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Or you can subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and maybe leave us a review somewhere. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Well, we've got four weeks to cover, so let's get started with two DC anthologies. DC Festival of Heroes, the Asian Superhero Celebration by Tamaki, Toh, Lei, Nguyen, Pak, Kumar, Ansari, Basri, Ram V, Mok, Nguyen, Wong, Chen, Kun, Ying, Chu, Takara, Pinochate, Tefenki, Yang, and Chang. DC has been making advancements in the diversity of their creative talent and, to a lesser extent, their characters. This very timely book brings them together. We have stories with Cassandra Kane, a.k.a. Batgirl, who trains to speak. She was never taught to speak as a former assassin in order to impress a woman for a possible relationship. Ty Pham, a.k.a. Green Lantern, who has a discussion about fashion sense with a yellow lantern. Connor Hawk, a.k.a. Green Arrow, who has to deal with China's new Superman upstaging him, even with Connor's relatives. Damian Wayne, stopping assassins at a pizza place, only to find out the pizza is terrible. Cheshire's daughter, Leanne Harper, who winds up with Catwoman as a mentor. Grace Choi, the girlfriend of Anissa Pierce, a.k.a. Thunder, meeting Jefferson for the first time. Amika Queen, a.k.a. Red Arrow, having a dream where she's attacked by Hello Kitty-esque characters. Katana taking Cyborg and Blue Beetle to an Asian-American Pacific Islander festival, with cosplayers doing Omak, Ryan Choi Adam, and Rama. And speaking of Ryan Choi, he fights a microscopic war against future AI. Finally, there's a story that begins with no Asian characters, a classic Shazam versus Savannah deal. Turns out Shazam is actually the Monkey Prince, a new hero being introduced with mystical powers and a lot of attitude. Seems like a manga character being shoehorned in there. Superman, Red and Blue, number three by Holland Brog, Fife, Thomas, Pezmezzi, Spencer, Ward, and Stokey. There's five short stories here. First, Clark is on a deadline both to get a story to Perry White and to meet Bruce and Diana for dinner. The latter bet if he can make it on time versus his duties. Cal joining up with Booster Gold, Hawk Girl, and Cyborg to fight an alien AI. 
that seems to be a theme lately, who turns out just to be lonely. Cat Grant interviewing a man who's been saved by Superman so many times that they're friends. The man winds up saving Superman. Cal taking a group of orphans on a field trip to the fortress. Cal stopping an asteroid from hitting the Earth, which turns out to be a lost life form. This is the Superman book we're reading while DC juggles with who Superman is in the main book. Justice League 61 by Bendis, Marquez, and Bonvillian. Justice League Last Ride number 1 by Zdarsky and Mendonca. And Crime Syndicate number 3 of 6 by Schmidt, McKeon, Hitch, and Vines. Covering these League and League-adjacent titles as a group. In the Mothership title, sassy villain Brutus is explaining why he returned to his own dimension when it's discovered the League followed him back, except they've been split up. Any powered members find they are supercharged. Dinah's cry does a lot of damage. Cal can't turn off his heat vision. Kendra feels almost drunk on her power. Naomi's hands start to fade out. Now, the last one's unclear whether this is a real issue or just Naomi discovering her powers as Batman mansplains it to her. We learn that Ollie has locked down his bow. It's tied to his fingerprint and zaps anyone else trying to use it. Brutus attacks Cal, who is in turn attacked by Black Adam, but both are apparently taken out by the bad guy. The rest of the group comes together in the last panel. There's also the jail dark backstory, which is rather meh. Justice League Last Ride is a near-future tale where the League has broken up after Martian Manhunter is killed in battle. Clark is pushing himself to save everyone after he couldn't save John. Bruce apparently made a terrible decision in that battle. Diana is tired of the boys being childish about the whole thing. The three of them and Flash, Wally, are called to the Watchtower by Hal and the Green Lantern Corps who have taken Lobo prisoner. He needs to answer for his crimes in space court, and the League are the only ones who can protect him or hold him until then. Hal also sees this as an opportunity to create a new Green Lantern Corps based on the moon who would make the League moot. Batman is initially out. This is politics, cosmic politics. Later, Bruce is back in Gotham fighting Mr. Freeze when Clark flies in to wrap things up. Clark is there to convince Bruce to move forward with Hal's plan. Back at the cave, they have it out. We're too fragmented right now, and I can't be everywhere. Believe me, I know. Each blame the other for John's death. In the end, Bruce agrees and, of course, already has a plan. Store Lobo on Apocalypse! The crime syndicate slash Starro fight continues with Alexander Luthor, a hero on Earth 3, trying to get civilians out of the way. The syndicate actually comes up with a plan involving Atomica blowing a hole in the head Starro and power ring blasting through that, but Ultraman becomes impatient and screws it up. Starro uses a psychic attack to stop them using their emotional vulnerabilities, but Superwoman, a.k.a. Donna Troy, we learn, has no such vulnerabilities. She uses her lasso to learn that Starro is the last hope against the overlords of Oa. Donna doesn't care and takes out Starro. During all this, the world learns of hundreds of previously unknown metas who were in the fight. Alex asked Ultraman why he allowed so much carnage. Even with your Ultravision, you don't see us, do you? This is your home too, Ultraman. Do you care? Sure I do, Alex. That's why I saved it. We then get a backup story on how Ultra Woman lost her emotional vulnerabilities on Demon's Island. Wonder Girl number one by Jones and Belair. 
This issue sets the table for Yara Floor, the new character introduced in Future State. She has dreams or memories of Ares attacking her Brazilian village with her mother sacrificing herself to save her. Now she's returning to Brazil for the first time since she was a baby. She's taking a heritage tour, which consists mostly of older people and hipster tourists. As soon as her plane lands and she touches Brazilian soil, the Amazonian diaspora all sense that something is happening. On Themyscira, Queen Nubia gets a posse together to return Yara to the U.S. On Bana Migdal, Queen Faruka declares that Yara must die. Mount Olympus sees Yara as a weapon to be activated. Back to Yara, who has a meet-cute with a bus driver, saves a man stuck in a car after a crash, and is pulled into a mystic whirlpool by a mermaid-like being. The story really gets started next issue. Challenge of the Super Sons number 2 of 7 by Tomasi, Raynor, Corona, and Guerrero. The boys continue their quest to save heroes marked for death by the Doom Scroll. Again, they can't tell anyone about it, even the victim or some other random person dies. The scroll's next victim, Wonder Woman. Damien got an artifact from the Batcave, the Bind of Veils, a string reverse-engineered from the Lasso of Truth. This is one of the many things Bruce has as counterplans to stop his allies. John asks Damien if Bruce has a plan for him. Actually, he does not. Wait a second, does that mean you? Keep doing what you're doing and you'll probably be fine. He will drop that on Diana, who will keep her occupied and unaware while they save her. They learn a demon has been tasked by Faust to bring back the head of an Amazon and has a sword forged by Ares to do it. Unfortunately, the Bind of Veils puts Diana in a trance, so the boys have to fight the demon. In the end, they use the tie-up-the-at-at bit from that movie to stop him, along with a super punch. Diana awakes to find that the demon is tied up in front of her. Cut to the past, where Vandal Savage, who is tired of waiting out immortality to get to a time where he can rule the world, is helping out Felix Faust. Cue the boys, who appear in England 1521. Savage and Faust take them hostage and realize they now have the power to jump ahead in time. Now, we have several books left. It has been four weeks, so let's go to The Lightning Round. In Star Trek Year 5, number 20 from IDW, a mysterious tower on Vulcan that shouldn't be there shoots Spock to ancient times, finding out that Sarek was not the good guy the history books portray. He finds himself working for the Resistance, which changes history, and the Federation no longer exists. Oops! In The Dreaming, Waking Hours, number 10, DC Black Label, Ruin is captured but escapes from the Seamleys. The ex-fairy king in disguise meets Titania again, and we get another flashback from Heather after. In Black Hammer Visions number 4 from Dark Horse, the Hammer team find themselves in a Victorian costume drama, which turns out to be a TV show watched by another version of them in a sci-fi drama. The Victorian drama cuts to backstage drama about the show, and the actors involved, again, the Hammer team. It all appears to be a reality Colonel Weird visited, then decided to leave behind. In Resident Alien, your rides here, number six of six, Dark Horse. Harry's ride back to the home world has, in fact, arrived, but he decides he likes it on Earth, sending an eager X-Files-esque agent back in his place. Looking forward to reading the omnibus of the previous miniseries, and you should check out the sci-fi series. In Nuclear Family, number three, from Aftershock, the time-lost family dealing with a post-nuclear U.S. is tortured, 
The family is convinced their story is a lie and they're spies. Meanwhile, the kids break out, find another runaway, and learn that the military are growing zombies as soldiers. I did not see that coming. Well, we do have a few comic industry news stories. DC will be doing another crossover event. Now, how is that news? news. (laughs) Well, it's called Fear State, and it's Batman trying to stop the last event, Future State, from happening. Not sure how that works, since there are multiple future state-based ongoing books either on the shelves or in production. Well, he doesn't succeed. That's why. (laughs) Speaking of DC, AT&T announced they are planning to merge Warner Media, which includes DC and Discovery Networks, then spin it off into a separate company. Will this affect DC? And if how? It just seems like DC is such a minuscule part of this colossus that the people in charge may not even know they actually produce comics. <laughs> Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe by your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at SFPPN. Check out Tumblr.com slash blog slash SFPPN. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.